Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the Wolverine Live. I'm John Borden here with Tom Crawford. As always on Tuesday evening, we're glad that you're tuning in with us. And Tom, uh, enjoy the summer months while you can because football is never far away. No, it's never far away. And when you have this much anticipation of a terrific year for the Michigan Wolverines, potential third Big Ten championship in a row and uh, CFP berth and uh, maybe get it all, all the marbles, a win a natty. Yeah, everybody's talking about Michigan football, and we're almost to Memorial Day, and uh, that I'm not wishing the summer away, but that leads to June, and then uh, July is Big Ten Media Days, and we're off to the races after that. One interesting thing about this time of year is that, I mean, used to be after spring ball, if we weren't talking to guys specifically for our football preview, I mean, it was, it, it was pretty slim pickings. You wouldn't see guys uh, – much other than then Jim Harbaugh comes along and starts these camps, summer camps and d different things. And you could catch guys there once in a while. And now they're with NIL, they're showing up at different events and doing things. And so it's kind of interesting. You get little tidbits here and there. And we want to talk about a few of those tonight. Um, what, starting with Kurt Campbell. Uh, we have talked about him already, uh, the uh, the new quarterback's coach full-time. He was around last season, but it just seems like every single quarterback that you talk to on this squad is just blown away with uh, what he has been able to do in a very short time. I want to give you a couple of quotes from one Alex Orgy, one of the uh, younger guys that uh, – is on this uh, quarterback's roster. You may see it. We saw him last year. He can run with a football. He can throw it a little bit. Uh, but what, what Alex said was that everybody in the entire quarterback room made a huge jump in this offseason. Talks about the, the details that he brings to it. Uh, just everything about him, the excitement. You've heard a lot of guys talk about the excitement that he brings and the detail he brings. And this is, uh, this is Orgy's quote, holding us to the highest standard possible, giving us numbers, making sure we're hitting our completion percentage, uh, getting our touchdowns. And he's really making sure that everyone from top, the top of the room to the bottom knows exactly what we're doing on every single snap. Uh, it's, it's different. Yeah, you can tell when some guys – uh, are, are saying all the right things about a new coach, but there's an enthusiasm over this switch that uh, I, I think these guys are really sold on Kirk Campbell. They knew him from last year when he had a big hand in what, what Michigan was doing on offense. Joe Fan in the stands didn't necessarily know that, but now he takes the reins and these guys are pretty pumped about it. 
Yeah, for Kirk Campbell, the analyst role at, at, at Michigan, and this happens at a lot of big-time programs, is a great access point to, to get a position group uh, opportunity, and, and, and he did with the Matt Weiss departure. And I, I don't know who did uh, Clayton write that article or Anthony. Um, I, I read it. That, on, was, that was Clayton Safey, yeah, one Clayton, and only. Terrific job on that. I, I read that piece, and, and it really it brought home a little bit stuff for me. You know, um, about uh, kind of the attention to detail in practice that uh, Alex Orgy was talking about. And and my son, I think I mentioned before, Cody's up at, my son Cody's up at Central Michigan. He was a, a guest of Albert Karshnia, the recruiting operations coordinator. Albert worked with Cody at Central Michigan, was on the staff, now down after the 21 season, came back down to Michigan. He's a Michigan guy, was in that program before. And so Cody got to witness a, 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 a spring practice and the biggest takeaway he he got was the attention to detail during the practice, right? And this is what Al, mm-hmm. you know, this is what was referenced in the article about your um, that Alex said it's not like we just or JJ was saying we just don't go back and look in the post practice meeting. We break it down there at the Glick Belly in the practice. It's almost like a lab, you know, where you have the big screens and you evaluate what you just did per play and move on. It made right. for a long practice but a productive practice. And this yeah. is the level of sophistication that Michigan's at. Obviously, you have to have all the electronic resources uh, to do that. And all all groups were doing that. And I, I just think that's fascinating. And when you're dealing with that much attention to detail, then um, good things are going to happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just the confidence that you can inspire in a short amount of time. It's not like a, a new guy coming in. Like, like we said, they knew him. They saw him in action last year. But then to take the reins and you, you're the guy calling and working hands-on with these guys all the time and to have the level of excitement that not only J.J. McCarthy expressed, but even the guys that are uh, maybe – Number three, number four, number five on the roster saying the same things. Uh, this this is our guy. And so I, I think that that is nothing but good for Michigan at this point. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to have his hands in the quarterback pot and, uh, you know, jump in to, to show what he uh, thinks about certain things and how he wants certain things done. But uh, to, to have somebody that you know that the guys are excited about and uh, that that can do nothing but help. You've got both levels. Uh, Harbaugh having been to the NFL and uh, played for a long, long time there. That's what these guys want to do, obviously. So you're selling it at both levels. I want to turn over to uh, something that we talked about last week, but uh, we talked about on three's position group rankings. And uh, there was one that we didn't get to, and it was the big one. That would be. <laughs> Michigan, number one among uh, all running back groups in the country. And we've talked an awful lot about Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I mean, that's kind of got to be the worst nightmare for some defenses, seeing the fact that uh, those two guys are having this offseason, you know, didn't do very much in spring ball, but they're healing up and getting ready for a season where they can combine to be maybe live up to what on three projected best running back group in the country. 
Yeah, and it's going to be, this is the most intriguing thing that I'm looking for once the season starts. Uh, in particular, again, in the non-conference play, when you have an opportunity to experiment with things uh, without the game, you know, being, you know, white knuckle treatment all the way down to the end of the game, typically. But um, it's how they can utilize Donovan Edwards and, and Blake Corum on the field at the same time. And, you know, as opposed to mm-hmm. an alternative thing where they get, you know, 20 carries and it's one or the other. Um, Tamunga Biakabatuka, Tyrone Wheatley kind of thing. Um, not that, right. you know, um, but maybe and going way back. I mean, the Billy Taylor, Glenn Dowdy thing where they took the starting running back, Billy Taylor up, you know, supersede him, and Glenn Dowdy was all of a sudden a wing back running counter plays. You got to get your best athletes on the field and you got to get them touches. So, um, I mean, the game's way different now than it was, you know, 40, 50 years ago. But I think it's a good illustration of of, of the challenge of, of just getting your playmakers out there with the, able, the ability to make plays. And, and these guys are just terrific athletes. I mean, Donovan Edwards could be a, a, an All-American receiver if he focused on that. And with, with just the way how sophisticated offenses have become, it's kind of the, the, the new gadget lab right now is, 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 uh, is offenses in, in intercollegiate football. And I, it, get, him, get him out in space. I, I don't know where you place him. Um, but you got there's there's got to be scenarios where you where you put them both on the field at the same time. But think of the threat that uh, a defense would have to focus upon when both Blake Quorum and Donovan Edwards are on the field at the same time with J.J. McCarthy behind center, uh, let alone all the other uh, tools in the toolbox at, at wide out and tight end with an offensive line as good as they are protecting. That's that's pretty potent stuff right there, J.B. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the thing about it is, Donovan Edwards. We everybody talks about his versatility. I I think that Blake Corum has his own uh, ability to move around and do some different things. I could see him certainly uh, slipping into a slot uh, situation or catching the football out of the backfield or doing some of those same things and have those guys be almost interchangeable in their ability to move out and uh, show people different looks and, and do all this. I mean, you talk to uh, uh, Jamie Morris is uh, one of those classic Michigan running backs that says uh, he's, he's Adam. These guys have to be on the field I agree. Uh, together, together 80, 90% of the time. Well, how do you, but how do you do that? I'm asking, I'm going to throw the question at you. I mean, when you, you have a single setback kind of scenario, typically in college football, uh, with your four wide, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, do you put him in a slot, JB? What would be your secret sauce of of utilizing both at the same time? I'm interested to see what you think about that. Well, I, I would. That would be my number one move is put him in the slot, and yeah. uh, that you know, if if they can go two back and uh, and swing one or the other out uh, to catch a pass out of the backfield, yeah. there there are different ways to approach this thing. But uh, I, I just think different uh, levels of creativity in different situations. I could see a I could see a backfield of uh, maybe Alex Orgy uh, somewhere inside the red zone with those two on the field and uh, oh wow you know come together and you get the ball. Yeah. Well, oh, think about. I mean, think about when you think about when you're going back and I, we're all going back to the highlights. Uh, of of the of the 2022 campaign, right, in the Ohio State game with Donovan, and and just the 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 stride 
I mean, I just saw the, you know, the Preakness this past weekend and, and the Kentucky Derby two weeks prior to that. And Donovan Edwards has a thoroughbred racehorse kind of stride. I mean, it's out, it stretches. And I, so you got, you know, so you got, you say to yourself, my, got to have him a tailback, you know? And so you think that little nugget about Blake, you know, put Blake in a, you know, in kind of a gadget situations. The other element is, is what's wrong with also making, keeping them fresh, right? You know, and, and not where, right. you know, Blake Corham's getting 28 to 31 carries a game where the wear and tear does have residual uh, effect. I mean, and that maybe that had part to do with the, in the Illinois game. You just don't know. I'm, um, but I mean, it would, it just, in, um, uh, limits the chances of injury, fewer snaps, and they're still going to have, uh, you know, quality minutes and have huge relevancy on this offense. I get that. But, man, I, 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 this is a good problem to have, an, an absolute problem. It's going to be intriguing as hell, uh, especially in big games. When they get into the big games, I know we're going to talk about the Penn State game later in the uh, in, in our in our Wolverine Live here, but um, I just uh, – just super excited and trying to figure out and anticipate what they're going to do to utilize these two great athletes. Well, the other thing about it is you have these two guys that are demanding so many carries and so much attention because they are so accomplished that when you get the third guy in there, you get that fourth guy in there. Imagine how hungry they are going to be to, yeah. uh, to know what they can do. And you've got guys that uh, were around last year and you've got guys that showed out some in spring ball. So that I think uh, that's going to be in itself interesting to watch because um, these other guys have more time. They've got all the time in the world between now and say next season to develop behind two of the best backs in the country. Yeah. Yet they are going to get shots and they are going to have uh, have chances when uh, either only one of those guys is on the field or, or maybe neither one is to uh, to get breaks. And we know, you know, you don't even want to talk about it, really. But uh, uh, Fred Jackson always used to say, give me as many good backs as I can get going into a big oh, yeah. ten. Oh, yeah. You want a stable back there and you want depth. And I mean, and, you know, you know, those two guys and the, the, the two freshmen coming in know that the two guys that are the two standouts are going to be gone after this year. I mean, they're moving on. Let's be real. I mean, I, I would be shocked if Donovan didn't move on and Blake obviously is going to move on. And, um, and, and you know, I'm not going to well, just, just stay healthy and, and, uh, and find any, these are great kids. These are great leaders. Blake Corum coming back after Jim Harbaugh, you know, encouraged him to leave. I know we got NL, there's NIL ingredients and all that stuff, but uh, he got his degree a few weeks ago. I mean, this is a great story. This is a great leadership in the making among a ton of leaders. I, I heard on the on, on the podcast yesterday, the guys were talking about who the hell is going to be the captain. Well, Blake's got to be one of them. Okay. So, I mean, how many captains are you going to have? You might as well have four or five of them because there's so many leaders on this team and no greater leader than Blake Corum. Oh, buddy, I'm telling you, you you talk about Blake Corum. You talk about J.J. McCarthy emerging as a leader, and a lot of people say this has got to be his team. As much as Blake Corum is is really uh, uh, the man back there, that uh, J.J. McCarthy also has to uh, really take the reins and be the, be the guy because he's handling the ball on every single snap. You talk about guys over on the other side of the football – uh, like 
like um, Chris Jenkins, who oh, I just got that's, done doing a, a story on. Captain Potential. <laughs> oh, man, does he have Captain Potential? Wait till you, wait till you uh, Tom, I'm not going to give anything away, but definitely read the Chris Jenkins story in the uh, in the football preview because if you think he has energy now if you think he's yeah. fired up now read about some of the things from when he was a little kid and yeah. you, you are going to see this is not a recent development i'll just yeah. leave it at that but it was uh, was very fun talking not all that talking to his mom and uh, and reliving some of the things that he did as a young man and so good, good um, bloodlines there too that helps Oh, no doubt about it. Dad played 10 years in the NFL. Absolutely. So Blake Corum, uh, getting back to him for a minute, he happens to be the top guy on the uh, the top achieving team on another on three list that came out. That would be that would be your uh, top 100 players in the nation. And Michigan, along with Georgia and Ohio State, were the uh, the top placers in terms of the most guys. They each got seven guys, those three teams. I'm going to read them off to you and just have you uh, have you react to this a little bit. Blake Corum, uh, Michigan's number one, number 14 overall, the senior running back. Will Johnson, number two uh, among the Wolverines, number 35 on the on three list. The aforementioned Chris Jenkins, number 46 overall. Uh, among all players nationally, number 48, Zach Zinter. And uh, he's the, the, obviously the senior right guard that uh, has done so much, opened a couple of major holes for Donovan Edwards down at Columbus that nobody will ever forget. Uh, number 70, junior quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. We've talked about him. We know what he can do and how he's going to look to take charge. Number 79, also, the aforementioned running back Donovan Edwards, and number eighty-four, who we're going to talk about uh, a little in a, in a few minutes, junior safety Rod Moore, who uh, is the another one of those defensive guys that I think a lot more people will know a whole lot more about by the end of this season. So, there you go. I mean, there's your there's your seven guys. Uh, that's that's pretty good to be among the only only three teams in the nation get three guys yeah. or get seven guys in the top 100 and uh, and Michigan's right there another testament to the kind of talent Jim Harbaugh is going to put on the field this year <laughs> yeah it's all about recruiting you know it's like I I, laugh, I go back I often quote that Kirby Smart thing you know what's coaching coaching is 50 percent recruiting 25 uh, percent evaluation and 25 percent coaching Okay, so you got to get the play, you know, the two thirds or three quarters of that is about personnel, right? And you got to get evaluating personnel after, you know, after you get them. And the main thing is half your job as a head coach is to get them there and hire the right assistants, recruiting coordinators and such to get him there. And, and Michigan's really ramped up, JB. I mean, when you think about what it was a few years ago versus now, uh, there, you just mentioned the other two schools. It's Georgia and Ohio State. Obviously, Alabama's in the mix too. So you got to get good players in, in this recruiting class in '24 that's coming up, outstanding. So uh, I love that term. The rich keep getting richer, and let let Michigan be part of that rich, uh, uh, a list of programs of getting high level personnel. Yeah, and 
bear in mind, it wasn't that long ago when uh, Michigan fans were saying, will, will this team ever beat Ohio State again? Yeah. Just think of the enormity of those two wins and what they have done for this program to reestablish it, not only as a, a perennial Big Ten contender, someone that can stand toe-to-toe with Ohio State again, but also as a national contender. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and this is a big year, um, you know, to see what level of contender they're going to be. Are they, you know, it's going to be, it's a challenging year. We're going to be talking about it every week. We're talking about the rest of, this, of today's telecast and, and um, the pressure's on. And the expectation is super high and we're adding to that expectation, you know, getting everybody excited here on on three every week, but that's just reality. So now the big test will be what can they deliver? Can they beat Ohio State a third time? Can they beat Penn State on the road, you know, on, a, on November 11th, which is going to be a huge game, and all the other challenges and the, and the trap games that are lingering out there in that 23 schedule? Yep, there's no doubt about it. Uh, can they deliver? We know uh, one of our sponsors can deliver and does regularly. We're going to take a little break and, uh, and give a, a shout-out to them, the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the Wolverine. That would be, of course, Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than that of your wife? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with that one uh, of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys, and fix the family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S. J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S dot com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And we have been engaged in uh, heavy Michigan football discussion. We remain so. Uh, the aforementioned Rod Moore uh, got engaged in the numeral changing business of late. Uh, you think of him as the quarterback on defense anyway back there at that safety position and now all of a sudden he's got the same number as the quarterback I guess that eliminates uh J.J. McCarthy from playing any defense and Rod Moore from (laughs) offense but uh talk a little bit about this guy and uh in a switch um maybe late in his career he he gave a little bit of a heads up that uh you know this could be potentially his last year in a Michigan uniform yeah, the, the number the number thing always cracks me up, you know, and and I know single digits, everybody, you know, and I I ran a, a youth football program here in East Lansing uh, for ten years. I I know everybody wants single digits. It's it's you know your best players are your playmakers are typically in the single digits, and but I kind of like that Rod Moore had that kind of a, that awkward number nineteen. You know what I mean? It's not the most popular number. I mean. I think a night. I think a Johnny Unitas. I mean, it's like, uh, but but you know, and Rob Moore was making that n- number nineteen. I mean, now when I saw nineteen out there, I'm gonna have to readjust now and look for number nine out there instead. But uh, that's uh, you know, that's tongue in cheek. I think you know, whatever makes whatever makes him feel good, you know, feel better about that. You know, 
feeling the vibe, let it let it be. And uh, boy, that guy certainly deserves to to pick his number because he's been one terrific player here entering his third year, John. And and uh, like I said last week, he's my projection for the top player on this entire defense, a, a defense filled with a lot of great players. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he's going to – he's set to have a year. He has uh, plenty of talent around him, certainly. Uh, but uh, everybody you talk to, quarterback on the field, this is a guy who is a real leader out there, uh, you know, coach on the field in some respects because he is so smart and so, uh, so savvy in what he does. So, um, Rod Moore <clears> – <throat> Number nine in your uh, score pad, score book, your roster. Uh, number one, number, in your one heart. number one in your heart, maybe. Yeah. Number, yeah. Six, number one in uh, Michigan interceptions last year and could be again. We will be watching for that. <coughs> Excuse me. One more list that we're going to tap into because it's that time of year for uh, list, that time of year. Jim Harbaugh shows up as number five on uh, the Power Five in coaching list by CBS Sports. Uh, is that fair? Is that too low? Is that too high? I mean, it, it's so subjective, and it changes according to year. But in Tom Crawford's estimation, <clears throat> the same Tom Crawford that, along with a lot of other people, was concerned about Jim Harbaugh, whether he'd stay, whether he'd go, what do you think these days? Oh, I think I think that's about right. I mean, it depends. <laughs> and when you evaluate your top five coach, are you, are you basing that off a five-year spec? You know, two-year, three-year, whatever. I mean, currently right now, I mean, I think he's a top five coach for what he's done. And, I, you know, what I like about Jim Harbaugh, what he is, some of the best things, uh, I like what he, he recognized he had to – he always talks about improvement day, be better tomorrow than you were today, be – be better the next day than you are tomorrow and all that stuff. And that's, I, I hang on all that stuff. I really like that. Okay. Um, he needed to do that after the 2020 season for himself. And he's, he's been a better coach. The culture is, has, has changed in a very positive way. Everything's ramped up. His coaching hires have been off the scale. This staff right now, arguably the best staff in Michigan football history. When you talk about the, the backgrounds of these guys and, and the potential moving forward and uh, the marketability and everybody wants and the two coordinators, a whole bit. So, yeah, I, I think so. But the biggest challenge with the, what's going to take him up from five to get him up into the, into a higher level is you got, you're going to have to win a playoff game. I mean, this uh, postseason record uh, has got to, you know, these opportunities, he's got to cash in on. I mean, he's won one bowl game now in his career at Michigan, going back to 2015. He won his first one, and it's all been losses in the postseason since that time. And I know that the last two of, you know, he, last year he they almost pulled it out, but they they should have won that game. And then Georgia, he was out man, but I mean there were some bowl games prior to that. So do something in the postseason. Yeah, the natty is what everybody wants for Michigan. We all want it, um, but I think you know get that. Get that CFP semifinal game. Get that in the Rose Bowl. Win the Rose Bowl. Uh, if they win, the, go to the CFP, likely the Rose Bowl. The other one is the 
I'm trying to think is the uh, um, Sugar Bowl, right? Is the other one. So, um, and then Houston is a national championship game. So, uh, with, do better in the postseason, and you, you, you're, you're going to be king for a day. Yeah, there's no question about it. I, I agree 100% with you. You have to think of the fact that these uh, they played pretty good teams in uh, the postseason these last two years, but they've been a pretty good team themselves. So that's the logical next step, and that's what, if you talk to any guy on this football roster, they'll tell you the same thing. Um, I mean, I've had guys tell me that this is national championship or bust. Win the next game, got to yeah. win in the yeah. all of that. They're they are hugely aware of it. So um, we will keep an eye on obviously Jim Harbaugh's fortunes. His his star continues to rise in some ways, and as you said, uh, that next step is staring him squarely in the face. I mean, it's it's a little bit of echoes of. Uh, of his old coach and uh, getting off to a, a rocky start in postseason play. So, Tom, I want to, we've got a, another guest coming on here shortly, but uh, before uh, we jump into any of that, I want to uh, pick your brain and, and see what uh, see what's going on in terms of what you're thinking about with Michigan football this, these days or Michigan basketball. Yeah. Athletic period. Well, a couple of things. One, one's in football, and then one's in basketball. And uh, first, for football, uh, and I'll make, I'll try to make this as concise as possible. I mean, uh, we've been talking about leadership and 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 preparation, attention to detail, and all this stuff between the lines. But I, the the Shemmy Shembeckler hire and fire in the four that four day span was another embarrassment that that needs. <laughs> They need to clean this this vetting process up. I don't know how the heck this happened. That uh, and I'm not a I'm not a um, a Twitter guy, uh, particularly looking at uh, you know especially not looking at political type things. And uh, but uh, that that the fact that that you know his his liking certain tweets obviously when it dealt with um, you know the Jim Crow laws and um, uh, things of that nature uh, uh, terrible. And um, Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's uh, it had he had to be dismissed. But I just don't understand how that vetting process went. You know, did not happen. Evidently, they say it did. So what? I guess well, we might not ever find out the answer. But I mean, were they okay with it? Then they weren't okay with it, or did it slip through the cracks? I know a lot of people in HR before they even interview anybody, they go through their social media platform. So that was. Uh, that was unfortunate, and I hope some of these uh, off the field hiccups that we've that, that have transpired in the last year or two um, those will start to go away, and um, and and we can just talk about between the lines because it's kind of fatiguing. That's one thing. Um, did you have a comment about that? And I'll get on to my other thing. Well, other than the fact that I, I have known Shemmy Schembechler for a long, long time. And uh, it is very unfortunate uh, that we had this situation. Um, you have to, if you're Michigan, you have, you've got to take care of it. And uh, they did. So you, you just move on. But I understand what you're saying about the vetting process. You don't want to 
put yourself in a position, uh, especially these days where you are under that kind of fire, because there's so much more out there. Yeah. There, are, I am have zero doubt that, and I'm not excusing anything, but back when we were watching Bo Schembechler coach football, there was nothing on, there was no social media. There was only what would appear in the paper after the game. And, uh, and so it's, a, it is a very different era. Everybody has to be more aware. Uh, if you're, if you're out there on social media, what you're going, what you're saying, what you're liking, what you're, it, all of that. So yeah, yeah. It, it is a great lesson. I would say for all the, every single guy on this team, Absolutely. every single coach on this team, they've had yeah. a couple of things here of late that just serve as a reminder. Hey guys, you're somebody's watching. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hey, I, I went, when, when this internet thing came out and, uh, I'll never forget my CEO said, just remember what you're telling our staff the the internet is written in ink. Okay. Mm -hmm. It never goes, <laughs> stuff never goes away. It'll come back. So um, lessons learned. I agree with you. The other thing I want, I know we're short of time was, was the basketball thing. I'm a little worried. We're almost at Memorial day and there's three scholarships still, <laughs> still hanging out there. I, um, this Olivier, uh, uh, Kamwa, the, the kid from uh, the Tennessee, uh, you know, I guess he's going to visit Michigan. I, I learned on on June second or whatever. And and uh, boy, Juwan Howard's got his work cut out for him. Uh, th this this basketball team, John, could be an absolute. Uh, maybe I'm overstating, but it could be a train wreck when you got that. When you got ten role players right now, and you don't have any, you need some alpha dogs on there at a variety of positions. And uh, I'm not saying they're all role players, but they're predominantly they're they're they're, they're most of their uh, skill sets and, and and experience are at role play level level of the ten scholarship kids and I don't know how they're in this mess but the, you know I I'm 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 concerned I am yes. <laughs> I'm deeply concerned about this basketball I think that's valid concern I think Michigan basketball fans share your concern. So uh, what are, we're we're gonna we're gonna do what we do when we're overly concerned. We're going to shift gears back to football. There you uh, go. <laughs> because right now we are <laughs> an old friend, uh, Jed Donahue of the PA Sports Network. And uh, he covers Penn State. He is steeped in Michigan history, however. He also knows Ohio State in and out. So he is prepared to talk uh, Big Ten football in a, a heartbeat. Jed, welcome. Hi, to John. Uh, yeah. Great to be with you guys. Look, I grew up with the Ohio State, Michigan thing. My uncle played for Woody Hayes for three years. Okay, so that's it's part of the DNA. But I've covered Penn State for like 35 years. Go figure, right? Uh, they're going to be really good. But I got a funny story. I know we're talking about this tomorrow, John. Uh, uh -huh. The Ohio State spring game. You guys have beaten us the last two years pretty soundly, right? And ship training goes 65 yards. I get a text from my buddy in Columbus. He goes, isn't that the same hole Edwards went through twice? So they haven't even fixed that or made adjustments yet. <laughs> so they're all worried about training. Well, they give up 65 yards. Well, Edwards did the same thing. He hadn't done anything yet to make adjustments to that. So, yeah, we're still on that Michigan thing. Just thought you'd want to know that. Little well, co co cover zero, right, Jed? Cover yeah, zero. Cover zero, exactly. God, it was brutal. But you guys were terrific, man. And, you know, can we talk about officiating against the Big Ten in these national championship playoffs? 
The one call that went against Michigan in that TCU game changed the whole tenor of that game. And how is that in the Ohio State game not a late hit on Marvin right. Harrison in the end zone? Right. And what's going on with the officials that call against Michigan and the goal line where they ruled it a touchdown changed the whole thing around? Yeah. It really did. Totally. I like this There's guy. Question. We're, I agree with everything we're still says. <laughs> changed the whole thing. You know. We're still seeing pictures of Roman Wilson with his uh, backside touching planet Earth in the end zone. And, oh, uh, it's rough. I know. Brutal. Tough off season, right? Talk about And this is, uh, this is on a lot of people's minds because uh, the team that you cover is one that is getting an absolute ton of attention this year. Everybody sure, talks sure. about the game. The Michigan-Ohio State showdown at the end of the season. But two weeks earlier, you're going to have a game out in State College, Pennsylvania, against, I would say, potentially a couple of top five teams at that point. I know I think, uh, Penn yeah, State has to be in the top five. We'll see what happens there. But, I, I mean, tell us a little bit about November 11th and uh, – <laughs> and how Penn State fans are getting geared up for that matchup already. Well, we're waiting to see what the time's going to be, right? I mean, uh, it's probably, is it going to be a primetime game? I don't know, probably a 3.30 game or something. I hope it's not the big noon. Uh, let's let this thing breathe a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, I've covered Penn State every year since 1986. And this is the best returning talent that I've seen come back since 1999. Uh, yeah, I'm dating myself, but that team had LeVar Arrington oh, yeah. and it had Courtney Brown. They went one, two in the draft that following year. Right. And they had an unbelievable secondary that year. Rashard Casey was coming into his own a quarterback. And that was the team that got clipped that year. If you remember Tom Brady of Michigan yeah. came back and won that game. Marcus exactly. Knight. Yeah. Uh, right. I can throw some Marcus Knight footage in here and nobody will buy me a drink. They don't yeah. like that thing. Love it. You know, but that team. <laughs> That team folded at the end. Minnesota hit that field goal. It was weird. Uh, but this team, uh, this Abdul Carter, I'm telling you, you guys know linebacking play of Michigan because you've had a lot of great ones. This kid wears the number 11, a new tradition. I think he's good as any linebacker in the country. I think Will Anderson is a prototype, the kid from Alabama that you got to look at. Two great defensive ends in uh, Chop Robinson and uh, Denis Dennis Sutton's a sophomore, going to be really good All-American candidate. I think they got the best secondary in the conference. I know you guys have a really good one. You got an All-American corner, but they've got Kalen King. It's Michigan guy, Cast Tech. I don't know how they got him out of there, but they did. Uh, his uh, twin brother's a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, they got Jacobs to come back. It's all about this Drew Aller, a quarterback, okay? Do they have enough explosion at the wide receiver position to be able to kind of free these running backs and things like that? They're really good, Singleton and Allen. Here's what they did last year. They did a wrinkle after, well, Michigan pounded them. And then, you know, they lost the Ohio State game. Franklin went to the offensive corner to Mike Yurcich. He goes, look, I got three really good tight ends. Get them involved or else. Well, they went to this, what they call a tight end tee. And it's a power formation. You guys will appreciate this. Good fullback play, right? Well, this Tyler Warren looks like a Penn State guy. You throw him in the white uniform, he looks like he played for Joe in the 70s, right? But it's a really physical formation yeah. that's tough to stop in short yardage. 
Plus, you got Warren. You've got this Theo Johnson, who's 6'5", runs like the wind. They're a handful, man. I think they're a legitimate top eight. I think they can go to Columbus and menace with Ohio State. I think the Buckeyes have major issues along the offensive line, and I'm not sure McCord has the arm strength that they've been used to having the last few years to really exploit what the advantage is a wide receiver there. I think the Ohio State offensive line, that could be their downfall, man. And Penn State's offensive okay. line well, with Fashion really good. A long answer to your short question, but get ready. They're good. Really that, good. That begs a couple more questions, a couple more short uh, questions. And one of them, Tom and I were talking earlier about how uh, our network on three has uh, picked Michigan as having the best running backs group in the nation but uh, you alluded to those Penn State guys, and uh, I'm sure there's a few Penn State folks that raise a hand and say, wait, well, you know, not so fast, because these two guys are uh, are pretty special themselves. Well, I think if you're a Penn State, right, you got to show the quorum footage from last year in Ann Arbor, okay? Uh, there's, the, there's the gold standard. There they are, right? Edwards and Corum, go get them. And I think that, you know, the Ohio State tandem, right, with Henderson and Williams are pretty damn good. Um, you know, the Michigan guys are more proven and, you know, that they're a tick better, but the Penn State kids are really special. And for the first time in like forever, guys, we're not talking about an offensive lineup here that's subpar. They're really good and they've got the best left tackle in the country in fashion who's going to be a top five pick next year. So, you know, both have great running games. So does Ohio State. But, you know, the Michigan offensive line and the Penn State offensive line, I don't think there are too many concerns. They're really good. Ohio State, on the other hand, work in progress. Yeah. All right. Here's another one for you. You have alluded to Ohio State a couple of times and talked about uh, Penn State having to go in there. Give me if this is your a very early take, but uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Tougher game at this point in Jed Donahue's mind. Uh, Will it be the Buckeyes in their own house or Michigan in uh, Happy Valley? Ooh, I think Michigan and Happy Valley is a tougher out for uh, for the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think it's a real tough that's, out. That's saying a lot. I love I, McCarthy. I love your quarterback. I, I think he's he's got a lot of confidence. He's uh, as talented a kid as I've seen at the quarterback position in Michigan in a long while. And you guys have a great quarterback legacy. You got the greatest player ever in NFL history. He's one of your guys, right? But I love this kid. He's got Moxie, the running game. You know, can you guys blow people away with a passing game? You know, you tell me. Give me something for my guys here. You know, Bell, I think, was underrated. Do you have, you know, is Johnson back? Do you have that talent there? You always have good tight ends. Do you have that? Come on the road and win up here? Well, I, I think they, they're going to be able to throw the football. Whether or not, I mean, the question is, do they have the guy, and Tom and I have talked about that, do they have a, a Braylon Edwards or do they have a, a Marquise Walker or do they have somebody that is going to blow the top off the defense? And I know Calvin Johnson uh, got behind the Ohio State defense last year down in Columbus. And... Uh, that doesn't count. Uh, Everybody gets behind. Yeah, I say it's yet to be proven. 
Tom, Tom, you you address this one as well. Do do you think that uh, uh, Michigan's passing game at this point should uh, should scare people? We we don't we don't know. Uh, we don't we won't know until we see some development out of CJ and and Darius Clemens has got to, somebody's got to step up because right now at the wide receiver, based on last year. I know Roman Wilson's going to be solid with his breakaway. They're, 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 they're the alpha dog. The, the guy I talked about, the Mario Manningham, and the you know at, at at overtime time, running a drag to win the game. Is that going to happen? I don't, I don't see. It. I got to see it to believe it. But I want to throw it at Jed at you on this point. I, I have Michigan winning all their games except one, and that's against Penn State. I have that as a loss to Penn State. Okay, so with that in mind, because the venue. Well, the mm. venue, and and yeah. by the way, I mean mm. I would be shocked at that being prime time because the 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 uh, Michigan State and Ohio State game is at night, and they never, I mean, they rarely ever put Michigan State, and Michigan, on TV at the same time, let alone Ohio State, Michigan. That's right. So I mean, so you're I mean, right it's it's a uh, it's probably that big noon kickoff you're not looking forward to, and, oh, and I, I'm curious to know. I'm curious yeah. to know, Jed, why is there such a demonstrative difference between the whiteout night game versus the the nooner at Penn State. Um, why why is there such discrepancy and how tough it is to win? Um, you got the tailgating that goes on all day, so that's a well-oiled machine. There's just something about the night atmosphere at Beaver Stadium that uh, you know they've been there all day. It's uh, event-oriented. There's just something about it that's one of the great traditions that there is in college football. And it's a, it's a gnarly deal, man, when you got to come on the road and win up here, especially when it's under the lights, you've seen it. Um, you know, when you play in the whiteout up here, you got to survive the first eight minutes. Okay. You yeah. can't get played yeah. off your feet. You can't turn the ball over early and get that crowd all revved up. You got to silence them a little bit. I mean, I think Michigan in this atmosphere with that running game, you know, play keep away. And, you know, keep that crowd out of it. But I'm telling you, you know, Barkley hit that uh, draw one year. And, you know, Michigan just was played off their feet after that. you got to weather the first eight minutes. When you do that, you settle in and you're good to go. But you better bring a good offensive line here. And you better bring a pass rush up here uh, to be able to deal with this environment. I don't care whether it's noon, 3.30 or 8 o'clock. Yeah. And when it's going to be a top five matchup or top ten, which it's going to be, that's going to or that's just going to electrify it even more. I mean, how big is this All game? Right, going to be? I, it's huge. Yeah, I got another one for you, and that uh, that's this is one that um, I, I bow to your uh, oh, knowledge no. as both Penn State follower. Uh, in your professional uh, life and certainly Ohio State, uh, steeped in Ohio State history. You've always been more than fair to Michigan, always been more than complimentary. You got Jim Harbaugh comes in, people say, okay, this this guy is going to get it all turned around. And then you thought you were going to have it in 2016. It comes down to... Uh, uh, as they say in Michigan, JT was short, but he, was he short. wasn't short, according to yeah. the officiating. Okay, well, there you go. There's a there's short. a man who is willing to be handed. But 
then you go through these years where it's like, okay, what what's happening here? Because you're giving up 56 points and 62 points to Ohio State, and are they ever going to beat this team? The last two years, you've had this immense breakthrough. Beat Ohio State decisively, uh, win the Big Ten, make the playoff. Mm-hmm. What's the difference that you see in Michigan from afar these last two years? Well, I think that uh, it's the lines. I mean, you know, when Michigan was really good, and John, you and I have talked on my show all these years, when Michigan is really good, uh, their offensive line, you know, the, the running game is there. They tell you and dictate tempo with that offensive line. That started with Bo Schembechler. This is a Harbaugh thing. He learned that from Schembechler. When Michigan is dominant up front on defense and they're dominant up front on offense, that's where you're at right now. And last year, they were just more physical and imposed their will in the big games and the biggest one of all. I mean, going into Columbus the way that was last year, down 10 nothing, and just totally just ran them over. You know, Ohio State didn't make the adjustments, and I thought Ryan Day is is coaching a little scared in this game right now. Uh, you know, not going fourth and five at the 45 of Michigan. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, so I think Ryan Day is really good. And I think this whole criticism of Ryan Day is absolutely out of control. It's crazy. And that's the Ohio State fan base. You know, what did Earl Bruce say? Who's your favorite Ohio State coach? Undefeated and dead, right? I mean, they're brutal out there. But <laughs> it's it certainly sparked this rivalry. And it reminds me a little bit about what the 90s were all about. I mean, I was thinking, you know, about coming on with you guys about that 97 game. You know, touchdown, Michigan, the great call, right? Woodson on the punt return. But it was guys like Glenn Steele. And Woodson's the best defensive player I've seen in the series. I don't think there's any doubt. You had a Pennsylvania kid, Ty Law, from Aliquippa. He's pretty good in the secondary. In the 95 game with Bianca Batuka and all of this sort of thing. So my Michigan friends, by the way, love to send that call of the Woodson punt return to my phone. So they just remind me of that. Uh, So that's what makes it fun. But when Michigan's really good, and even back to the days when I was going, you know, watching them at Ohio Stadium when Harbaugh was the quarterback there, you go back to Jamie Morris or you go back to even 75 or 6, it's the offensive and defensive lines. And that's where Michigan – not only is back, but that's where they're better than everybody in this conference right now. And it's up to Ohio State, Penn State, and everybody else to get moving and catch up. They're just better up front. There you go. Look at the film. It's right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, that is certainly the way Jim Who's that alpha dog this year? Who's the guy that no one knows about, like that kid from Virginia who is the Outland Trophy winner, who somehow made it to the sixth round of the draft. I'm not sure how in the hell that happened. He should have been gone by at least the third round. Who's the guy this year for you that's like a breakthrough? Did you get the Hinton kid from Stanford out of the portal? Yes. Uh, His dad was really good. Northwestern kid. But I'm going to tell you something. He he gets more ink. But watch out for, for Drake Nugent. Also of Stanford, who uh, who very well could plug in at that center spot. And That's a Michigan name, Drake Nugent. I'll pass that along. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and he, he is he is a bulldog in there, and I am told that he is just absolutely relentless. And you put a guy like 
Zach Zinter, who came back after opening those holes against Ohio State. Uh, he's going to be there at right guard again. So, I, yeah, I think um, – Looking I, forward I, to that, by the way. Oh, God, he's back. I forgot about him. Oh, no. <laughs> See what I mean? Yes, he is. So, well, no I, I, around third. Good God. That's a good player, man. He was really good. So uh, I, we appreciate you joining us for sure. Tom, you got anything uh, final before we uh, we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I got I got one quick one. Uh, it's a projection. and I'd like your reaction to my projection. Okay. I think I think uh, Michigan loses to a Penn State uh, uh, and then so Penn State beats Michigan. Ohio State beats Penn State and Michigan beats Ohio State. Three way tie. What happens um, then? I think Ohio State's going to have all kinds of problems playing in Wisconsin at night following the Penn State game. Well, I mean, there's other potholes in the road, but no, a that's, lot of that's more than a pothole. Saying, okay, so work yeah, with me here a little bit. For Ohio work State. with me a little bit and answer the I question: am. who who gets to go to the Big Ten championship game, and who you know who's who could potentially be uh, in the CFP as as a non uh, Big Ten championship game? I think we got a chance at two. I think your guys are one of them. And I think Penn State is the other. I think Penn State's one loss is going to be at Ohio State. And they'll, I think they will beat Michigan up here simply. It's a venue call only. It's not a talent call. Yeah. It's just a venue call here. And then you got a three-way tie maybe at the end. But I think Ohio State get, loses at Michigan. And I think they're going to get clipped at Wisconsin. They'll probably put that thing at night up there. Oh, God, that'll yeah, be rough. So my question, though, Jed, I haven't, I don't have a, your schedule in front of you. Who do you got in non-conference play that would enhance the credibility over a, let's say, Michigan, whose non-conference play is fairly weak? Well, Penn State's got West Virginia. They haven't played since 92. West Virginia's not that good. They'll win, okay. they'll win here in prime time. I think Ohio State at Notre Dame, don't you think? I mean, you guys used to occupy that spot. Yeah. Uh, the last game of the non-conference, Bo put that game right there for a reason. He wanted to find out what Michigan was all about before they hit the Big Ten. Turned out to be this unbelievable rivalry with Notre Dame. I missed that game. I'm glad Ohio State's playing in it. But, um, you know, I, I, why, why is Michigan not playing a better non-con? You guys always play somebody big. What happened? Yeah. Two years back-to-back of, of, of just a group of five, and it had to do with a UCLA cancellation. Oh, okay. They pulled the plug. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so, unfortunate. That you know, but now they now we'll see that game. Eventually. Whatever whoever was involved in that switch or whatever, I don't know. I don't I, I haven't really heard a straight answer on Who are the protected games for you guys, do you think, of the new schedule with USC and UCLA coming? I'm hearing here it's Ohio State, Michigan State, most likely Rutgers. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe we're protected. Michigan State and Ohio State are protected games for Michigan. So who'd be, yeah. the, who'd be the third one that they'll throw in there? They're going to do a USC UCLA deal. My, I mean, they might USC given some of the bowl history. You know, you know, never yeah, know. know. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we got to wrap this thing up. All right, I, man. I I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. John. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks all for having guys, me. Join us again next week on Wolverine Live. We will be back, Tom and I, and uh, we're going to bring Jed Donahue back for sure in the fall when uh, when it's time to talk Michigan-Penn State. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me, man. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.